forgot my Bible. God bless you, man. Welcome to the channel. Uh, this is Louisville, Colorado. We're uh, probably about 40 minutes out of Boulder on the bus. Uh, probably about a uh, little less than an hour from my door to my corner here. This is Front and Pine. This is uh, Front Street. Oh, this is Pine and Front by the old railroad tracks. This is the old part of town. This is where the Lord brought me, and this is where I come to when I come to Louisville on the uh, third Friday, no, third Thursday of each month, third Thursday. All right, and tomorrow, tomorrow is the fourth Friday, and I'll be in Longmont, Colorado. Interesting thing about tomorrow, I've been at two locations for the last several months, but uh, this morning and yesterday and the day before the day before, as I've been praying for this week, Every time I've prayed for Longmont, uh, the Lord is quickening me. He says, I just want you to be at Fifth and Main, the old part of town where I used to stay all the time. And instead of uh, 119 and uh, 287, that corner there. Why? I don't know. I mean, I don't really ask why anymore. I don't, I used to all the time, why this, why that? And I just kind of gave up on that because the Lord's only gonna tell you just a little bit. Uh, he's not going to tell you the whole reason why, because you couldn't handle it. So I just say, yes, sir, all I want to know is what I need to do next. And when I started doing that probably, I don't know, probably 15 years ago, that really took a lot of burden off my ministry because uh, I didn't have the need to know anymore. <laughs> I don't need to know. I just need to know what I need to do next. And what we're going to do next is pray. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so let's pray. Lord, I thank you that uh, we can pray when you want us to pray. We can stop when you want us to stop. If you want us to pray for the whole hour or the next 45 minutes, Lord, I'm willing. I'm willing and obedient to do whatever it is that you want me to do. I was struggling about coming out here, but you just kept nudging me along. You kept loving on me. And here I am in Louisville. Uh, to me, it's a miracle to be here because I was so tired this morning and uh, you brought me here. And Lord, I just pray that all the other people that who know people, who know people, who know people, who are maybe tired or weary in the ministry, Lord, I pray that you help them and uh, deliver the message to the people who are watching me and then t let them take the message to the other people and say, you don't have to be tired. Uh, you don't have to grow weary and well-doing. Uh, we can just uh, ask the Lord for our help because uh, the Spirit of God will help our infirmities, or help our weaknesses. And Father, we give you all the glory for what you're doing out here on the street. In your name, Jesus. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. So, uh, praise the Lord. So every morning, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, five days a week, at 7 o'clock in the morning, maybe 7.01. I used to start about two minutes before 7.00. And uh, I stopped doing that. Now it's about 7, 7.01. Uh, I turn on the cameras and I sit down at my table there in my studio with my coffee, with my Bible, with my true study book that I've been working in for years and years and years. It used to be just a legal pad. And I would write my prayers out. Started that a long time ago. And now the Lord has put that legal pad writing of my prayers into a format that I can have a printer print with a nice cover on the front and the back and a lot of information, a lot of good stuff, and mail it out to people. 
and then at the same time do a live stream, live broadcasting class. And one day, uh, when we have our uh, Sunday services, we're going to have classes inside the True Study book at our church. A lot of people have Bible study classes, but we're going to have something else. We want to train people up to do the work of the ministry. We just don't want to train people to how to study the Bible. Because that's all they'll do is study the Bible. They won't do anything else. But if we train them to go do the work of the ministry, and to do that kind of work, you have to come back and study the Bible for the purpose of doing the work. So we start way out there, and we come back here. That's how we do our class. The reason our class is not to study the Bible. Now we study the Bible, we bring up the Word of God, we are always talking about the Word of God. And if you haven't been logging in, I've got over 700 subscribers now, I just crossed over 700 a couple days ago. I think that's a miracle in itself. <laughs> I mean, it is hard for a guy like me to collect anybody who wants to follow me. I'm a big mouth, know-it-all kind of person, seems like. Very sarcastic, kind of rebellious type person. And uh, I'm not very likable, <laughs> tell you the truth. That's why maybe God had me in the trucking business for 40 years out there on the highway. Go out there on the highway, John, and uh, you won't bother anybody out there. <laughs> and I ministered to those people out there on the highways and byways of our country. I ran all 48 states for the first 10 years. And then after the 10 years, I sold my last truck. I was an owner-operator for the first 10 years of my trucking career. Owner-operator, had three trucks, three different times. And then I went to sold, actually gave away my last company. I was gonna sell it. The Lord said, no, I want you to give it away. Anyway, there's a whole story there. I don't wanna tell that, I've told it before. And I went to work with a company at Redding, California, and I ran the I-5 corridor from uh, Redding to Seattle, Seattle back to Redding. I ran the northbound run, there's two runs, Los Angeles to Seattle, Reading was the halfway point, and I ran the northbound run, the run, northbound run. It was from Reading to Seattle, Seattle over to Yakima or Wenatchee, the Apple Valley, and on down Highway 97 into Weed, California, picked up five and coming into Reading. I did that once or twice every single week for 27 years, minus a few years that I took off to do missionary work and just to take some time off. Um, and then that ended my 40-year career and that was about six years ago, 2017, when I rolled into the truck yard for the very last time on Saturday, 12 noon. That was a glorious day for me. I'm so happy that I retired on a Saturday because on Saturday in our company, all the trucks were in on Saturday. All the trucks left on Sunday, <laughs> but they were in Saturday. They all got serviced and Sunday we all took off again. But we were in every Saturday. So when I came in, it was a real great time. That was uh, April 22nd, 2017, 12 noon, when I rolled into the truck yard for the last time. And uh, I'd been there for, like I said, 27 years. I started in September of 1989, and I went all the way to April of 2017. It's a long time to be with one company, to be in the trucking world, when there's a 150, 200% turnover rate, it's, uh, it's a very unusual situation. And uh, we haul produce up and apples back. Produce up, apples back. Same customers, same receivers, uh, same highway for all those years. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and into the thousands of trips on the same highway. I could drive my route 
because there's the same identical route every single week, every week, week after week after week after week, month after month after month, year after year after year, and decade after decade, same run. <laughs> now I'm tired <laughs> thinking about all that. But anyways, uh, so I'm doing the same thing now. You look at me now and you go, man, wasn't John just preaching yesterday in, Long in Boulder? Wasn't he preaching just the other day, the day before that someplace else? Wasn't he preaching the day before that someplace else? Man, that guy's, and wasn't he on class this morning? Wasn't he here, wasn't he there? Look, uh, when we get into the verse what we're gonna talk about, you're gonna be known by who you are, your name. Your name is gonna say everything on who you are. And uh, I was known to be, you know, who I was. And so I showed up for work, I did my job, and I kept showing up for work all the time. And that's what I do here. So you can look at your secular type worldly job and see that God is actually training you for the ministry. Yeah, you can translate, transfer, whatever you want to call it, all the work you're doing in your business or your schooling or your career and that can be translated pretty easily into the ministry if here's the if part if while you're doing the secular part you were doing it as unto the lord like i did the reason i was in the trucking world is because that's where i was a minister that's where the lord put me he didn't put me in a church building to do ministry in a church. There's a lot of people who serve the Lord in church buildings. I wasn't one of them. Now, I've done a lot of work in the church building, taught Sunday school a long time. I was usher, I was a greeter, I was on the praise and worship team, I was on altar, altar counselor for a long time, I did uh, uh, prayers for people up front, you know, I did all kinds of things. I clean up, I stacked the chairs, put the chairs down. I've done lots of different things in the church. And, uh, but that wasn't my primary ministry. My primary ministry was on the highways and byways of the United States of America. And I'm a Vietnam veteran. I spent six years in the military, three years active during Vietnam, and three years of reserve in the United States Navy. And I uh, started off as E-1, just a seaman recruit, and I went all the way to the second class petty officer, and I passed the test and was able to if I had stayed just a few months, long, few months longer, I could have sewed the, the two, uh, the double chevron crow on my arm, but uh, I didn't do that, I didn't stay any longer, and I got out a little early, and uh, so I was, ended up being a third class petty officer, so it's the third class, second class, first class, and, uh, but I was qualified to be the second class petty officer. And in the last year or so, I was the leading petty officer, it's kind of like the boss, <laughs> the leading petty officer, of the navigation division. I was in navigation, and uh, that's what I did. And I was faithful there, and I'm faithful now. And when you look at this, me, and you look at this video, you can, well, it just seems like he talks a lot. Well, yeah, <laughs> I talk a lot, but the reason I'm talking a lot is to demonstrate to you how you can Kind of like demonstrate, uh, how am I going to say this? Uh, like an example, like Paul said, I'm an example that you can follow because I follow Christ. Well, something similar to me is I'm an example, an example 
for that you could follow because I follow Christ. And if you can't say that, maybe you've got challenges in your life because that is a big responsibility to have people follow you. You better be following Jesus Christ with all your heart, soul, mind, body, and everything that you are because you can lead a multitude astray. Yeah, I've seen that in the ministry over all these years. I started preaching in Vietnam. I didn't have boots on the ground. I was on a cargo ship, refrigerated cargo ship, AF-58 out of Norfolk, Virginia. Pier 4 is where our base was out of. And uh, I did my basic training in San Diego at um, Worm Island. We were called Worms at that time. I don't know what they call you now. That's probably a derogatory name, but back in the, you know, 72, that's what we were called. A lot of people tell me, yeah, but the war ended 18 months later. You don't know that. You didn't know the war was going to end 18 months later. People look backwards and they think they know what's going to happen. Tell me what's going to happen tomorrow. Oh, I can't do that. Wait till tomorrow happens, then I can tell you. Yeah, see, that's how people live. So uh, we were all trained to go to Vietnam. There was 90 of us that graduated boot camp. About 150 of us signed up you know, for that company, but only 90 finished basic training. 90. What happened to the other 60? They couldn't make it. They quit. They just they were let go. They weren't good enough for the military. And every one of us was trained for battle, trained for war, because we were going to war. And every one of us but three had orders directly to Vietnam, directly to go to Vietnam. And so uh, that's what happened. <laughs> and about 18 months into the military, uh, in, into the service, um, the Lord got a hold of me, and uh, uh, I prayed in my bunk in the operations department. I said, Jesus, if you're real, here I am. And there's a whole story there. I'm not going to go in. I just want to highlight that just a moment. And uh, the Lord saved me and set me free of all the problems that I was experiencing at that time. It's about 20 years old, roughly, give or take a year. I, I think I was either a 73 and a half, I mean 1973, uh, and uh, uh, halfway in the year, or maybe 74. I can't remember, you know, somewhere in that area, so it's hard to sometimes nail it down. So I've nailed it down to just May of 1974. About, I was 20 and a half years old. And uh, November, I would have turned 21. And uh, anyways, and two weeks later, the Lord said, I want you, I heard the Lord speak to me very clearly, very distinctly, said, I want you to preach. I want you to minister. But first, I want you to go to school. All right, and of course I said yes, and all kinds of things happened. So I started preaching two weeks after I got saved. And uh, I didn't have to go to Bible school, because I couldn't. You know, I didn't have to study the Bible for 10 years. I didn't have to sit in church for a year and a half. I just started preaching wherever I was. And my preaching was simply my testimony. I just would tell my story everywhere I went, and that just set me up to lay hands on people, to talk to people, to lead them to Christ, all kinds of things. And uh, I preached out of a little New Testament Berkeley version that they gave me in boot camp. Yeah, I still had that, I still got it today. Somewhere in all my stuff. <laughs> and that's what I preached out of until 1978. So for four years, I didn't even have a whole Bible. I just preached out of my New Testament, my little New Testament, little brown covered, it's pretty beat up about time uh, I got my, a new Bible in 1978. And uh, what I'm trying to say here is 
where you are, just get started. Just get started, just like today. I was struggling, I'm about an hour behind schedule. I got here about 50 minutes late. Well, I was supposed to be here at 11, I got here at 11.50, 11.55, something like that, 11.50. And uh, my bus also was 10 minutes late, so that added another 10 minutes to it. And uh, that's all right. You just get going, like here. You know, I'm not gonna sit and tear this video apart when I get home. I'm just gonna do what I do with the video and upload it. And if you don't like it, that's all right. I mean, there'll be another one tomorrow from Longmont. How about that? You know, and if you don't like that one, there'll be another one on Sunday. If you don't like that one, there'll be another one on Monday. Well, maybe not on Monday, cause that's Christmas. I'm gonna take that day off and just rest. And then I'll come back out on Tuesday morning and keep on preaching, you know? I'll be preaching Christmas, uh, New Year's Eve. I'll be preaching New Year's Day. While everybody's partying, I'm gonna be out in the street preaching and ministering. That's all right, you know? So you just get started with whatever you have. Yeah, I'm all decked out now. I've got all this equipment, all this stuff, and the camera, and doing videos, and all kinds of stuff. But look, I started with just a little pocket New Testament, a little Berkeley version New Testament. That's what it was. Because that's all I had. And that's what I used. That's what I used. And I told my testimony. That's why on the back of my gospel track. That's why I have my testimony on the back of my track, right here, in red. Jesus. If you're real, here I am. I put it on one of my banners. I've had several banners now. Every year I have a new banner based on the message that the Lord wants me to put on it. We have a new one coming out. I'll have that new banner come Saturday. It'll be sent to me. And uh, that new banner has a different message on it than this one does. This is my God bless you, but I'm not gonna be lifting this banner next year because we have a new message that the Holy Ghost wants me to preach next year, right? See, that's you just kind of get started in the Spirit of God and you keep on moving. And the reason I know what my testimony, my prayer was, is because that was the message that the Holy Ghost gave me to get started. Now, in the beginning, I didn't know who the Holy Ghost was. I had no clue, just like a lot of people, when they talked to Paul, Paul said, you've been, you know, where have you been, where have you been baptized? Well, John, I've got baptized in John. You know, the baptism of water, you know, for repentance, or whatever that, you know, permission of sins. And, uh, but, Paul would say, well, if you've been baptized with the Holy Ghost, they say, well, I don't even, never heard of a Holy Ghost. Neither did I. <clears throat> Understand, though, I was raised Catholic till I was 25. I was still in the Catholic Church. I didn't know the Catholic Church was any different. I had no clue. When God said, I want you to go to school, I was on my way to Catholic seminary. I was gonna be a Catholic priest. That's where I was headed. I was, I was headed to, that's where I was going. I was making plans, going to that seminary, going to that college, and I was gonna to go to a four-year seminary, and I was gonna be ordained as a Catholic priest. I didn't know, how am I supposed to know? <laughs> Nobody told me what was going on. But then as I was going, see, now I got started. So I was headed in that direction, because God said, I want you to preach, I want you to minister, but first I want you to go to school. So I was, you know, when I, when I had the chance to go to school, so I started going to that direction. And so as I started moving, see, that's the key, started moving, started doing something, then that signaled to God that John has faith. He is showing me his faith. That's what God said. I'm, I'm watching John's faith. I'm watching John's faith in action. Now I'm gonna change course, I'm gonna change his course, and I'm gonna send him to uh, a, a Holy Ghost 
Bible school. <laughs> That's what, the Holy Ghost Bible school. I don't know. And so I went from being a Catholic preach, priest to a Holy Ghost, tongue talking, devil casting out type preacher. <laughs> you know, and uh, I got trained in that. About, how about that? And I learned to cast out devils. I learned how to hands on sick. And I cast out hundreds of devils in five years. I, it took me five years to finish my schooling, mainly because I was a truck driver. Remember, I was told you I was a truck driver. I've been driving since I was 23 years old. When I went to school, I was 29. And uh, so I've been driving and preaching for a long time. And also laid hands on many, many dozens and dozens of people. I've had miraculous healing. I've had people heal with cancer. I've had broken bones. I've had all kinds of maladies. I've had uh, lung problems, heart problems, brain problems, eye problems, teeth problems, jaw problems. All of it healed right before our eyes. Is healing real? Yeah. <laughs> for me it is. Maybe not for you, but it is for me. Because I remember my son, when he was about, I don't know, six years old, uh, there was a gentleman, we were walking, we were on the Oral Roberts campus and we were going into the Maybe Center there in Tulsa and a guy was uh, in his wheelchair, all busted up. I mean, he was looked a mess. And he and Johnny looked at him and I looked at him and we were going in and uh, we were gonna pray for the sick. Yeah, people think that's all of the devil. Oh, they're praying for the sick, that's from Satan. Really? <laughs> Get a life, man. I mean, read your Bible. <laughs> God is a healing God. By His stripes, we were healed. So receive your healing. You know, if you're sick, you know, I mean, people have got some silly ideas on what the Bible says. Study the Word of God. Quit getting to churches that teach you against the Word of God. Because then you'll believe it. Because then all your friends that you've made all believe a lie. Then you can't, you have to believe the lie too. Otherwise, you can't be friends with them. And so anyways, that gentleman, we went in there, that gentleman got healed. He came out of that wheelchair and his legs all busted up, all healed. And it woke my son up like you can't believe because he saw the man going in all busted up. And he saw the man healed and coming out fully, completely restored. And that my son has never forgotten. He's in his forties now. Wow, that's a long time. That changed. When you heal somebody, that changes them. You cast a devil out of somebody, that changes them. I tell you, we cast a devil out of one lady who had a busted up neck and a car wreck. We cast that devil out and she was healed instantly of that busted neck. Yeah, busted neck. That was incredible. She's fortunate, the doctor said, you're fortunate you didn't die. Because usually when that happens in your neck, you sever your spinal cord and you die. But she didn't die, but she couldn't do anything. She was like, it was crazy. But people say, oh, that's not for today. That all ended. That all ended. Well, it did? Oh, somebody didn't tell me. Somebody didn't tell God that it ended. Oh God, it ended. We can't do that anymore. That's what they tell you. We were in church on Wednesday. What's today? That was yesterday. I tell you, we had a Holy Ghost church, man, I tell you. The prayers that went forth, the worship that went forth. I mean, it was the power of God was present in our church. It was amazing, absolutely breathtaking. Everybody preached, everybody prayed. We had several new guests, it was amazing. Well, maybe not new, but several guests. They've been there before, but they don't really show up very often, but they came, it was really wonderful. 
had a full house. Small church, but we had a full house. It was great, man. Great. Several people that said they were going to come didn't come. That's okay. Maybe they'll come one day. And I had one gentleman from Africa. He said to me, he said to all of us, because uh, we were talking about praying in our heavenly language, our tongues, and uh, tongues of angels, right? A lot of people out there say, oh, that's just gibberish. <laughs> How sad. How sad. How sad. How sad to curse the move of the Holy Ghost. That's what they're doing. Oh, that's just gibberish. I tell you, we had miracles in church. Miracles. You curse the Holy Ghost, you're not going to have a miracle in your life. Sorry. You want miracles, you better stop cursing the Holy Ghost. Yeah, that's blasphemy. You blaspheme the Holy Ghost, I tell you, you've got some problems in your life. Don't do that. Know the Word of God. Know it. Study it for yourself. Quit listening to other people. When you're listening to me, I'm not trying to teach you anything. I'm trying to get you into the Word of God. Not into me, not to follow me. I'm nobody. I'm just like you. I'm just another guy out in the field preaching. This is a Thursday. We have a break in our winter weather. It's really nice, beautiful day. Nice little town. One day is hard, one, then one day is easy. So that's how the Holy Ghost set my schedule up. One day is a hard, difficult area, look geographically, spiritually too. Then the next day, it's kind of an easy. Yesterday was very busy, very lots of things going on. Today's an easy day. Tomorrow's going to be another type of day. Why? Because I am led by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God resides within me. Right? If you attended our class this morning, you heard us talk about Ezekiel 22:30. You heard us talk about Song of Solomon, verse 2, chapter 4. No, chapter 2, verse 4. His banner over us was love. You heard us talk about Ezekiel making up the hedge and standing the gap before the Lord. That's when I started preaching on holiness. But you cannot stand before the Lord and be filthy and be a drug addict and love Jesus. Sorry, that's not going to happen. And then we talked on Romans 8. We don't know what to pray for as we ought, but we allow the Holy Spirit within us to intercede with groanings that we can't utter. That's tongues. You look at the word groanings, that's the language that God can hear, God can understand. And that's what their spirit language is. No devil can understand a word that we're saying. No person can understand a word. You don't even know what you're saying. You pray directly to God when you pray in your heavenly language. You can't tell me that's not a benefit. You're going to curse that and say, oh, that's just gibberish. You don't understand spiritual warfare. If you say that, you don't understand spiritual warfare. When I, one time when I was kept being, I was, I was involved in a uh, deliverance, and there, it got so rough, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail there, but it got so rough in the deliverance that there was a point that we were required by the Holy Ghost to not speak any more English, any more known tongue. If we were Spanish, it would have been Spanish, but we're English. No more English, only tongues, only the spirit language. And when we started doing that, we were able to get to that devil that was a principality, mighty and powerful, 
That was one of those kinds that Jesus said, this kind can only come out by prayer and fasting. What kind of prayer was he talking about? Holy Ghost prayer, Jude 1.20 type prayer. Beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. That kind of prayer. Not, dear God, bless us. Dear God, thank you. Dear God, bless my food. Dear God, have, let's have a great day. Not that kind of prayer and fasting. It's Holy Ghost praying. This kind can only come out a prayer, a certain time. If you don't understand, see, if you don't know the Word of God, you're going to think, oh, he's just talking. No, it is Holy Ghost prayers. What Romans 8 is all about. We don't know how to get that devil out. How do you know? How do you know how to get that devil out? You're gonna go get some book? Oh, let's see. How do I get it? To how to get a devil out of something? How to get a how to cast out a principality? Well, if you don't do that, you know what some people who think tongues is gibberish and who don't know how to cast out, you know what they tell me? Oh, resist the devil and he'll flee. Yeah, right. The devils will laugh at you. I tell you, the devil will laugh at you. I'm just telling you like it is, because in our verse today, it says right here, we're gonna do chapter nine and 10, but I'm just gonna talk on this one verse, that's what I'm talking on. I'm talking on just the first two words. Our sermon is titled, and Saul. That's it, that's the title of our message that I wanna sow into your life, and Saul. Saul is Paul's Hebrew name, Saul is a Hebrew name. Paul was his Gentile name, God didn't change his name. Of, that's why I used to think the same thing. But if you read the Bible, you'll find out that Saul is his Hebrew, Paul is his Gentile name. Real simple. God didn't change Paul's name from Saul to Paul. <clears throat> I used to think that. <laughs> Anyways, until I read it in the Bible. Oh, wow, well, how about that? Paul's his Gentile name. It says here, and Saul. So now we know that he was still operating in his Hebrew calling. He was very zealous for his faith as a Jewish man. And, uh, and I'm just gonna read one more thing here. And Saul went unto the high priest. He went into the high priest. You gotta be somebody to go to the high priest. <clears throat> you can't just be, <clears throat> you can't just be anybody. You gotta be somebody. Uh, you know, I can't, you think, well, is, 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 are, am I somebody? Probably not. I can't, you know, I can't go, uh, you know, let's say if Billy Graham was still alive, he's not here anymore with us, he's up in heaven. <clears throat> he's not in the grave, I guarantee he's not sitting in the grave waiting for him to be resurrected. He had resurrection power to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. But there are Christians that teach, oh no, Billy Graham's still in the grave. I don't think so. I won't be. Maybe you will, but I don't believe that because that's not what the Bible says. I believe the Word of God. I don't believe what I think what it says. I just read it verbatim. All right. but that's okay. Believe whatever you want to believe. <clears throat> so there would be no way I can call Billy Graham up if he was still alive and say, Hey, Billy, I want to, can I have a meeting with you? Who are you? I'm nobody. So who is Saul? He has to be somebody to have a meeting with the high priest. That's what I'm talking about. He had to have been somebody that we're not fully aware of. It wasn't important for God to tell us exactly who it was, but we can kind of see it in the scriptures on the power, the authority, and the stature that he had. All right? And Saul, 
and Fred, and Linda, and Joe, and John, and Tim, and Susan, and you know, what are you known by? Your name is really important. More important than people realize. It's so important <clears throat> that our name is in, written in the book of life. That's how important the name is. In fact, it's even more important than that. I mean, I don't know if you can be more important than that because if your name's not there, you're not going to stay in heaven very long. <laughs> After the judgment, you're off to never, never land. Never to return. Lake of fire, right? So you better receive Christ because that lake of fire and brimstone is real. More real than real. It is real. And it's hot and burning. And the fire never, ever goes out. And you're not going to party. You're not going to do some country line dancing. You're not going to sit around the bar with all your buddies. And you're going to talk. You're not going to, sorry. You're going to be all by yourself in solitude. Like solitude, con, solitary confinement. It's horrible. And you say, well, I'm not going to serve a God like that who would do that. Well, all right. Have fun. <laughs> See, people who say that don't understand who God is. That's why they don't receive God, because they don't know who He is. Because they're trying to understand God by their brain. So when you preach, you don't preach to people's brain. You have to pray and understand people's spirit. And you preach to their spirit. That's what I'm doing now. I'm not preaching your brain. Your brain is like turned off. You don't get here. If you're not operating by your spirit, I don't make a lick of sense to you. I don't like, what is John? talking about it's like he talks over our head it's because you're trying to understand me with your brain I'm speaking to your spirit and your spirit says I've speak to your spirit then it may stay there for a long a while and then the Holy Ghost can kind of minister that word to your spirit and get that seeded planted deep in that spiritual soil that you have but if you're trying to understand me by the brain cares of the world will choke that out mean nothing you'll unsubscribe you click off you say oh John's just a big old hot windbag he's just talking to a camera he's not doing anything well here's what I do on the street I get here I get set up I do the scripture short I've done 160 some odd scripture shorts that's quite a bit that's kind of consistent isn't it I didn't just do one or two and I didn't go clip it from some sermon I do a dedicated scripture short and I just highlight a couple words on every scripture short. Then I put that away. Then I do my sermon here. Then I put this away. Then I lift my banner. And then I do the Ezekiel 22:30 and the Romans 8 out here for the whole time I'm here. And I pray and preach and minister the supplication that the Holy Ghost built over many, many months in the beginning of our ministry. And I pour my heart out. Here in this city of Louisville, I pour I pour my life out here. I'm not I don't not I don't not getting paid for it. This is free. I'm not working for a church. I'm working for God. I'm not building Gospel Evangelist Church out here. I'm serving Almighty God. I'm building the churches who live in this area, churches who live here. This is all about. This is all about. See? <laughs> Poor lady. See that anger? I haven't prayed from my intersection yet. I just got here. 
Hallelujah. How you doing? You doing good? And Saul. And John. Gentleman I met yesterday, and Brian, when I met up there on the hill. That was his name, Brian. Didn't get his wife's name. Brian now up there on University Hill. He lives there in Boulder. Now I know who he is. <coughs> then later that day when he went by and honked and waved, I knew who he was. I said, and Brian, because I knew who he was when he drove by. Now I know more about him, just like here. We know something about Paul. Here's some information about who Saul is. So Saul says, and Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest, verse two, and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, which would also include children probably, because there's women, there's children, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem, bound, in chains, in bondage. That's who Ansal is. People knew who Saul was. You read later on the verses in the chapter here, when Saul had that transformation, people still knew him as Saul, who Saul was in the beginning. They were scared of him because his, his uh, uh, lifestyle, his uh, mannerisms, his, uh, what's that word called? His uh, something followed him. What is that called? Anyways, I forget what that name is. Uh, who he was and Saul. So who are you? You know, I know a lot of Christians that I've met on the street who I know they say I'm born again, but I also know they smoke cigarettes like chain smoking and they drink alcohol and they cuss. And what kind of lifestyle is that? They're not there. When I, when some people, when I see their name pop up in my email or text or somewhere, I know immediately who they are. And sometimes there have been several people I've had to delete from my list because when they pop up, I know who they are. They're known by their name. I see their name pop up and I just delete it. I don't even open the, open the text, delete it, or the email, I delete it. I don't want to, I don't want to anything, I don't want to hear what they have to say. Right? And Saul, and Paul, <laughs> that's his other name, right? And John, and Fred, and Linda, and Sue, and Peter, and Paul, you know, and uh, Bartholomew, and Matthias, you know? And Jesus, I don't know. What was Jesus known by? Yeah, he was known as a <laughs> man who operated with amazing authority. How about the disciples? The disciples of Christ, not all the people who followed him, just the 12, just the 12. They were known, they were originally known as, hey, these are just fishermen, ignorant, unlearned, they don't know what's going on. They're just laborers out on the field, out on the ocean, collecting our fish for the market. But now they're known as people who've been with Jesus because there's no way 
that they could talk and do the ministry if there were still fishermen out on the ocean, in the sea, Mediterranean Sea. But since they know now they've been with Jesus, their name changed. Peter was no longer known as a fisherman. It said, and Peter, could say, and Peter. Peter was known to be a fisherman. He worked for his dad, had a family business type thing. He left that, quit his job, quit his career, quit the family business. That took a lot of courage. It took a humble dad to let his son go. All right, son. How come his dad didn't sell his boats and follow Jesus too? I don't know. Then Peter was known. He was known for chopping the guy's ear off. <laughs> you know? And Jesus said, hey, stop that. Put the ear back on. Peter's known even today as the apostle who denied Christ three times. We talk about it today. You see your name. Are you known to be a cheat, a liar, or are you known to be one who loves, who preaches? That's why my name got changed. I used to go by another name. Growing up, I had another name that my mom gave me. When I was 29 years old, God said, that no longer is your name. Your name is John. And I've been going by that name, John, since 29. Just so happens that that's my middle name, John. But until I was 29, 29 years, I was known by some other name. Doesn't matter what it is, not gonna ever tell you. But I was known by some other name. And when I, people saw that name, they knew who I was. They knew exactly what type of person I was. When I got the name John, from that point forward, they knew me as a preacher, as a minister, as a called servant of God. How about that? And John and Saul. So think about your lifestyle because you are known by how you live your life and your, that lifestyle becomes attached to your name. Maybe that's why God's gonna give us a new name in heaven. Could that be? So sometimes I joke around with the Lord. Lord, is our name here and written in the book or is our new name written in the book of life? <laughs> you never told me. I don't know what it is. It's not in the Bible, so don't tell me you think you know, because it's not in the Word of God. We don't know which name is in the Book of Life. Our name we have now, or the name that God's gonna give us a new name in heaven. Let's pray. So Lord, I thank you that we are known by our name. We are known by our name. Lord, let us look at our lifestyle, give us ability to look at our lifestyle, and help us to clean up our lifestyle, or to increase our lifestyle, or to do whatever it takes to uh, change the image of our name. So when people see our name, they don't say, oh, I don't wanna be around that person, or I wanna be around that person. Lord, help us to, uh, if we have to change our name, let us change our name. I've talked to several people, Lord, that have changed their name. I have a sister here in Denver that the Lord had her, her name was changed. She's no longer known by that other name. She has a new name, but unfortunately, She's carried over her old lifestyle into the new name. And now her new name is known same way. She didn't change who she is. How about that? How sad, but that's life. People don't want to change, Lord. Help them change. And I thank you that this message may perk, pique somebody's interest. Say, man, I ought to take a look at my name and how I'm living. 
Lord, I hope that that happens in your name, Jesus. We pray. Amen and amen. All right, so uh, that's it. I'm going to have a great day. I love you, man. I, you know, I talk this way because I'm really, truly interested. Uh, and it's I'm not first interested about you. I'm second. I mean, I'm sorry to say you're number two. But Jesus is number one. I, I, I want to please my Savior. And secondly, I want to help you. And the only way I can help you is by loving my Savior with everything that I am and bringing in to me who Jesus is, the Word of God, and then able, been, then asking His Spirit to help me to deliver a message to you. And that comes from my heart to your heart, not from my brain to your brain. It doesn't work that way. So, uh, and if it doesn't relate to you, I apologize. Uh, maybe tomorrow will be another video or another message that'll be better for you. I don't know. And, uh, but I want the best for you, right? Because I'm leaving someday soon. I'm on the last season of my life. And so uh, I want to pour out my life into your life. And I want to leave here empty. I want to go to heaven, go home empty. So I have a fresh, brand new filling when I get to heaven. I don't want to bring what I've got now with me. I want to leave everything here, here. And that's what I'm doing in these sermons, pouring everything I've got out. And uh, that's why every sermon seems to be, to me, a little different. And every talk and every class and everything I do, every Sunday letter, uh, it's just everything seems to be always be changing. Every Wednesday service, soon there'll be a Sunday service. Everything is always changing because I'm pouring everything out. I've lived a long life, I think, pretty good life, and uh, serving the Lord seems like all my life. And I'm, you know, there's a lot in me. And uh, um, I just want to love you, man. And this is how I know right now to love you, is by giving you my heart. And uh, I don't know what else to do. I can't give you a dollar bill because that's worthless. But if I give you my heart, maybe. Uh, that can be a value to you, okay? So that's what this sermon's all about. I'm giving you my heart, man. That's all I can do, because that's all I've got to give is my heart to you. Amen? Have a great day, man. I love you.